Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 64. Um, wild week in the NFL, college football, Triple G, Canelo, a lot of stuff to get into. Um, we're going to have a new segment today. Uh, I used to do the fee segment. Um, he's g- giving me a new one to do. I'm going to call it the new fee segment. Um, we're going to do something about each team from week two that I learned, or I'm going to give a statement about that team or player. Um, we'll do this every two to three weeks, probably, um, probably we'll do this week and then I'll redo it on week, uh, at the end of week five and then do it, you know, week five, seven, nine. We'll see what we want to do though. We're on week two, maybe wait till week four or six, but we're going to do this every couple weeks in the NFL, put this through. That's actually what we're going to kick off with. Then we're getting to my post week two NFL top 16 power rankings. Uh, me and my brother's week three game predictions. We got to get better. We're not doing well. Um, then combat sports talk, um, after that, then I'll get into my early NBA conference standing predictions with teams as they are right now, of course, uh, my post week three power rankings and Heisman rankings for college football and my, uh, main five reactions to week three of college football results from my week three, top five games of the week and my full week four, top five games of the week predictions. So I'm going to get into the fee segment first. Again, something about each team from week two that I learned or give a statement about that team or player. So let's pull up the uh, NFL Week 2 games. I'm going to pull all these up, and we're going to go through them. NFL Week 2. Go to NFL.com. Here we go. So Thursday Night Football was the... Chargers at the Chiefs. The Chiefs won 27-24, I believe it was. Uh, Let me open up this real quick. Hold on. Sponsored by Liquid Death, Mountain Water. Tell them to hit me up. Um, So Chiefs at Chargers was Thursday Night Football, 27-24 Chiefs. Didn't think either team played particularly well. I thought the Chargers could have had that game. That pick six, it gets thrown 99 yards. That really changed it. For the Chiefs, what I learned is I think against every team not named the Bills, I thought that was a C game from the Chiefs. I thought they played pretty – I didn't think they played – I thought they played average. And so I learned that they're going to be able to beat really, really good teams. You know, I learned that the Chiefs are undoubtedly – Super Bowl contenders, undoubtedly. Um, they played their C game and, in my opinion, beat a top-five team in the NFL. Maybe the most talented – probably the most talented roster in the NFL in the Los Angeles Chargers. They played their C game and won. That's impressive. Usually if you play a Chargers-Chiefs game and one of the teams plays their C game, look at the Rams and the Bills week one. Rams played their C D-plus game and got their ass whooped. Chiefs played their C game and beat the Chargers. Herbert had 300 and some yards passing. Like, it wasn't like Herbert played bad in the Chiefs won. The Chiefs played okay, and they won. That, that's, that's, that's an eye-opener for me, that a team like the Chiefs playing a team like the Chargers played their C game and won. That's, you know, that's pretty impressive. For the Chargers, it's going to be what I've always said about them. I don't think their head coach is good. I learned that, it solidified, I don't think Brandon Staley is a good head coach. I think in the NFL, I... You know, I do think you need good good coaching to win. Right? The Rams won last year. McVay's a good coach, you know. Bruce Arians, a good coach. 
Andy Reid's a good coach. Bill Belichick's a good coach. To me, you need a great coach in this league to win. I don't think Brandon Staley is a great head coach. That's what I learned, that they are a head coach away from being with the Bills in the Chiefs. McDermott, great head coach. Andy Reid, all Hall of Fame great head coach. Brandon Staley? Eh? That's what I learned about the Chargers. That's why I don't see them on the Bills and the Chiefs level. It's because they're head coach. So that's what I'm going to say about the Chargers, is I think they're a head coach away from being with the Chiefs. I would say it's und- if they had a great head coach, and it's hard to find them, but I just don't think he is the one. If they had a great head coach, I would say undoubtedly the three best teams in the NFL from the AFC. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers. So then we're going to get into Dolphins-Ravens is next up. The uh, Ravens blew a 35-14 fourth quarter lead, I believe it was. 42-28. 42-38 was the final score. They outscored 28-3 in the fourth. Um, We'll start with the winning team like I did with the Chiefs. I like starting with the winning team first. What did I learn about the Dolphins? Man, I learned that this offense is going to be tough to contain. I learned that they are probably going to be top three in offense in the NFL this year. That is probably one thing I learned. Uh, two is very, two is good. I would, I'm not going to say very good. Much better than I thought. I thought Tua was a bottom 12 quarterback in the league. Bottom 10. I definitely think he's top. He's he's creeping in that top 16-15 range. Very accurate. You know, yeah, the, this, the arm strength isn't always there. But he did enough. Threw for 500 yards and six touchdowns. That's a good, against the Ravens, who are notoriously good defensively. And you put up 42, 28 in the fourth. I learned that the Dolphins will have a top three offense, and I might have been wrong about the Dolphins. I had them missing the playoffs. I had the Bengals barely sneaking at 9-8, and, and I did say the Bengals would be a little bit overrated. I had three teams at 9-8. and eight. I had the Broncos and the Bengals and the, and the Dolphins. I had the Bengals making it. I was wrong. I think the Dolphins are, are a much better football team than the Bengals and the Broncos and probably the Raiders right now. Raiders, I think, figure it out. I think the Broncos were overrated. We're going to get to that in a bit. But I think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. I really do. I know we're two games in, but hey, this is my podcast and I'm here, on here to make predictions. I think the, Ra- the Dolphins will make the playoffs. Bills this week. Tough test. You know, three great head coaches in a row they've played. Belichick, Harbaugh. And now McDermott and Josh Allen. And they're 2-0. You would have told me those three games, you could have argued they'd go 0-3. But I would have said probably 1-2. They're 2-0. They're going to at worst go 2-1 out of this. I I like the the Patriots. I think they go four, four, probably 4-2 four in the division. I think they lose both to the Bills, but I think they sweep the rest. I think they sweep the Jets and the Patriots. I really do. And I probably wouldn't have said they, I, even with the Jets, I could argue the Dolphins would go 2-4, and 3-3 three and three in the division this year. But I think they're much better than what I thought. So the Dolphins, what I learned is their offense is going to be a problem, and they'll be top three offensively this year, I think, in scoring, in yards. They're going to put up a lot. For the Ravens, I don't really know. It, it's such a weird game because they were dominating for three quarters. It was 35-14. I don't want to say their defense is bad because I think I kind of think it's just a blimp for their defense. Like I don't think that's going to happen, if if at all, the rest of the year where they give up that many points and a half this time in a quarter. 
I don't know what I learned about the Ravens. Rashad Bateman looked phenomenal. Lamar looked phenomenal. So I guess the one thing I learned about the Ravens is here's the one I'm not it's not even really, really really much about this game that the Ravens are idiots for not paying Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you can say they lost this game. He also put up unreal numbers and he and he's going to all season. He wanted 290 million fully guaranteed contracts. He wanted more than Deshaun. He wanted 40 million more than Deshaun, which I think is is fine to ask for. Good luck getting to, good luck getting him for two hundred ninety million if he plays like this. So I learned that the Ravens front office are boneheads, and that's weird to say because I I think they've always been good front office. They missed out on getting Lamar I think at a more discounted price. They're not getting him for two hundred ninety unless he gets like injured week five or six and can't play the rest of the year. Then you might actually get him less. Let's just say he plays all season and he puts up ungodly numbers, keeps doing that because I don't know how he doesn't. He's unreal. That's what I learned about the Ravens. Their front office are boneheads. Jets and Browns, golly, oh man, these two kind of stinkers, huh? I don't know what to say about them. Browns got a good, the Browns won't have Watson until week 12. I can't remember what their buy is. I think their bye comes before, yeah, because he's coming back week, tw- or does he come back week 13? I don't know what to say about these two teams. I really don't. It's kind of a tough one. I guess I learned that for the Browns, I probably learned that they're, yeah, I know they beat the Panthers, but let's be honest, I was probably a little wrong about the Panthers going 7-10, 8-9. I think they're more of a 5-win team. And they snuck by that one. They should have lost that one. The Browns should be 0-2. But you could also say they should be 1-1 because they should have won that game against the Jets. So I don't... About the Jets, I, again, I, I said that I think, you know, 6 wins would be a good season. I think they're going to get there. Flacco looked good, but you can't rely on Flacco to have those games every week. You know? What I learned about the Jets, they're scrappy. A scrappy team. That's what I learned. I learned that they're not they're not the same old Jets. You know, I don't think you're going to see them get piss-pounded 41-0, 41-3 in some games this year. You're going to see a team that fights. Robert Sala's got those boys playing hard. Um, you know, that's that's all I can really say about the Jets. I don't really know what to say about teams that aren't probably true contenders. It's same as the Browns. We, it's tough to say what you, it's tough to say what did you learn or what do you think of the Browns when they don't have their starting quarterback. You're really going to find out about the Browns next year when Watson has a full season, and also for the Jets, Garrett Wilson. I mean, unreal game, 105 yards, two touchdowns. He's a special player. That's something. That's a player I found out about. I think Garrett Wilson's going to be. I, I said Garrett Wilson would be the best receiver from this class, and I will stand by that. Commanders, Lions. What I learned about the Lions is they're going to be a tough out. And I think in the NFC, I think the Lions are going to fight for a wild card. The one thing that makes me not say I think they will, they can, that would put me, I'm more leaning towards like 35-65 if they get a wild card. I would probably be more 50-50 if they had a better quarterback. And I've always been a Goff guy. I've always liked Jared Goff. But man, I just don't, I don't think he can be a guy that can, that's going to lead this team to the playoffs. I really don't. I learned that they're going to fight for the wild card, though. They're not going to go away. I think they're an 8-9 win team. I really do. 
Commanders? <laughs> Golly, again, I just don't know. I, their defense is – it's crazy the talent they have on that defense, and they can't get stops. <sighs> and you can't really say Carson Wentz could be playing much better. He's playing pretty good. Yeah, he's had some turnovers, but he's played well. I think he's played good. What I learned about the Commanders is they are what I thought they were. They're going to win some games and some shootouts, but they're going to lose more than they win. Seven and seven and ten team. Colts at Jags. I mean, what a debacle. What I learned from the Colts is Matt Ryan is probably washed. I know he didn't have Pittman, but man, I don't know. And I what I Frank. Hold on, let me get a drink real quick. Maybe what I learned is Frank Wright thought Matt Ryan was significantly better than Carson Wentz. I don't know if he's better. I think Frank Wright giving Jonathan Taylor nine touches. Come on. I think he should be getting from 25 to 28, 22, 23 carries, five to six receiving I don't like the play calling. And they it wasn't like they were down 24 nothing quickly. I think it was 10 nothing at half. Could have still been running the ball. Well, I don't go, I don't get why we're going away from Jonathan Taylor. What are we doing? So maybe I learned that Frank Wright fell way too in love with Matt Ryan and if he doesn't take that love a little down, the Colts are in for a rough season. And guess what? You just played the Texans and the Jags. And you came out 0-1-1. And now you play the Chiefs at home. You're probably looking at 0-2-1. And the Jags, I learned. I'm telling you, I told you everybody. They're not a playoff team. But I said from the get-go, this team will be better. They will look like more of a football team. And they do. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a very good season. He has started a very... He's had started the first two weeks. He's had a very good two starts. That's what I learned about the Jags, is that I'm going to be right about them. They're going to be a lot better than people thought. I th- people thought 4-5 win team. I think they're more like a 6-7 win team. And they're going to be in a lot of games. Buccaneers at Saints. What I learned about the Saints is, well, their defense isn't as good as I thought, and their O-line's not very good. I don't know if the Saints are a playoff team. Alvin Kamara's banged up, but even when he was there, didn't use it much in Week 1. Jameis is playing with four fractures in his back. I don't know if this is a playoff team. I learned that their offense, their offensive line, that Armstead loss was massive. And their defense is not as good as I thought. That's what I learned about the Saints. Yeah, you can say, well, they only get up 20 points. Yeah, to Brady having just Mike Evans. And a pretty banged up O-line as well that's, you know, that middle of the run the ball is great. You know, I know one of them was a pick six, I believe, but I just don't think the Saints, they get up 26 to Atlanta. I don't know if the... The Buccaneers are not clicking right now. The Buccaneers look like a bottom-half offense right now. That's going to change. I thought the Saints would steal this game. This is why I, You're going to play the Bucs later on in the year. They're going to, this is how Brady's played in Tampa. It's kind of been... can be slower starts. But, dude, they're going to figure it out by week 7, 8, 9 when everyone's fully healthy. I learned that the Bucs... Are going to be super. Are, are, are actually the Bucks are probably my NFC favorites. That's what I learned. They haven't played good offensively one time yet, and they've won twenty to ten and nineteen to three. Their weapons are banged up. Their O lines banged up. But my God, that defense might be the best in the NFL. That this defense might be the best in the NFL. That's what I learned about the Bucks. They're my they're my NFC favorites. Panthers at Giants. 
it's a tough one again, man. I learned that the Panthers are worse than I thought. That Baker may not be as good as I thought. Again, I know you're going from Cleveland to uh, Carolina, not as good as an O-line. Probably as good weapon, I would say maybe not. Not in the Well, they do have McCaffrey, but he had Chubb and Kareem. Receiver-wise, they might be probably as good, though, with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, Tommy Trimble. Uh, but I learned the Panthers won't be as good this year. Giants, I don't know what to say about them. It's shocking to me they're 2-0. So I guess I'm going to go on the coaching thing. Brian Dayball is going to be a great head coach in the NFL. They're going to have to, because I don't think the Giants, they're 2-0. They're going to finish 6-11, 7-10. They're not going to make the playoffs. Brian Dayball is a very good head coach. The players love him. They're going to play for him. They're never going to quit on him. Once they get in a quarterback, whoever that may be, whether they get somebody via trade or draft somebody, who knows, the Giants will be a will be a very very good football team. That's what I learned. That Dayball's a great head coach. Patriots Steelers. Uh, the Patriots still have a top five defense, top ten defense. Like their defense is still going to always be there. And I learned the Steelers need to go with Kenny Pickett. I don't think Trubisky gives you that X factor to go win games. I know you can say, well, they did it against Cincy. Yeah, it was also Cincy had five turnovers and they won by a field goal. So that's what I learned. They need to go with Kenny Pickett. Falcons at Rams. Falcons, we're not even going to discuss. They're going to be the first pick in the NFL draft. Even though they almost came back and won, I will say. What I learned about the Rams, though, man, only a four-point win over the Falcons. It's worrisome. The loss of Odell. I know Allen Robinson's there. I think the loss of Odell's huge. The loss of Von Miller was huge. Their O-line's gotten worse. They don't. Cam Akers hasn't been the guy people thought he would be. What I learned about the Rams is I don't think their ceiling is as high this year as it was last year. I think they can get one playoff win. Maybe be in the NFC title game. I don't think they'd beat the Bucks though. I truly don't. Seahawks at Niners. Well, it's the Jimmy G show, so I'm not really going to give something on the Niners until I see him play for a couple weeks. Seattle, again, I think they're a nice... You know, it's a nice story with Geno. They got a good roster. I think they do have a pretty good roster, though. You look at the roster, they're really just missing a quarterback. Um, they are who I think they are. Five, five one team at most, in my opinion. Bengals at Cowboys. What I learned about the Bengals is what I was telling everybody. And I might have been too nice on it. I told you they'd take a massive step back. That I thought that they could, and they still could, but I thought that they could sneak in the playoffs. But they'd lose in the first round. They may not make the playoffs. Uh, that O-line's not good. And they've spent some money on the O-line, and it's still not good. So what I learned about the Bengals, I was right. I think it was an overrated season, or it was a overachieving season. It's going to be well underachieving this year. What I learned about the Cowboys, top five defense in the NFL. That's what I learned. That Dan Quinn, if he's not the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year, will probably be a head coach somewhere next year. If he's not the head coach of the Cowboys, he will probably not be their defense coordinator. He will probably be a head coach. He is a phenomenal D coordinator. Micah Parsons might be the best defensive player in football. Um, and the Cowboys defense is very, very good. You can say what you want about the, the offense right now. Got, got enough. They did enough. Cooper Rush did enough. They've played Tom Brady and Joe Burrow back-to-back weeks and are holding them to 18 points a game and have only given up two touchdowns. 
or yeah, three touchdowns. Yeah, I would say that the Cowboys defense. That's what I learned. The Cowboys defense will keep them. I think will keep them above sea level till Dak gets back and the offense will get clicking. Gallup back, James Washington back. That's what I learned about the Cowboys. Texans, Broncos. Texans, you know, it's again tough to do some of these teams. I think Davis Mills is a fine quarterback. Uh, he doesn't really have an X factor trait to him as well, though. I think he's more just a game manager, though. I think they'll be looking for a quarterback, but that's the Texans. The Broncos gotta get be a little worried. You haven't played a division team yet in that division. You're one and one. You beat you lost to Seattle by a point, and then you beat the Texans by seven. You gotta be a little worried. I'm more on the. I think that Nathaniel Hackett was a. They saw that Green Bay's offense had looked very good the last few years, and they said, let's bring in the guy that had Aaron Rodgers, would pair him with Russell Wilson. I don't know. I'm, I, think, I don't think he's a good head coach. I don't think he will be a good head coach, and that's what I kind of learned. Cardinals-Raiders. I mean, Raiders, that's just a, it's crazy. It's tough to talk about these games when, your team, when a team blows a 23-7 lead, man. I don't know what I, don't know what I learned. Did I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pass on the Raiders-Cardinals for now. What I learned, though, is Kyler Murray is getting a little too much hate, in my opinion. That's kind of what I think I learned about the Cardinals. He's getting a little too much hate for the whole offseason thing. He's a phenomenal quarterback, so talented. Uh, Raiders, though, got to figure some shit out. It was good, 23-7 lead. Can't fumble the ball. Bears at Packers. Uh, I know, the, so Packers won, what, 27-10? I know that uh, people are going to say, oh, they played the Bears. The Packers will be fine. They'll figure it out. Rodgers will figure it out. He's too good. I learned that the Packers would be fine. It was uh, it was a massive overreaction to week one. They'll be fine. What I learned about the Bears is, you know, they're just going to have to keep going all season trying to figure out if Justin Fields is their guy. I think he's got to be more accurate. The only problem with it is what I said from the get-go is I hope that they don't move away from him after two years because... He's not, I in my opinion, not getting a fair shake. That O-line's so bad. His receiving core is so bad. Yeah, I just, I, I'm going to say they need to give him time. Give Fields time. Bills, Titans. Well, I mean, I learned what I thought. The Bills, and both these teams, the Bills are the best team in the NFL, and the Titans were going to massively underachieve, and they're not going to make the playoffs. That's what I learned about the Titans. 41-7. I'm, I'm not coming on here after a game where they lost 27-24 in a game-winning field goal to the Bills. They lost 41-7. I, I, I kind of jumped to conclusion saying you should go with Malik Willis now. I would still give Tannehill a couple more games. I don't know if Willis is ready. But at some point this year, Willis, I think, will take over as the starter. Vikings-Eagles. Well, I was right or wrong about one of these teams. Or I, or I was either I was wrong about the Vikings or I was wrong about the Eagles. I'm going to go with I was a little more wrong about the Eagles, I think. God, I want to say the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings are as good as I thought for sure. I learned that I do, again, I'm going to learn I learned that I don't think Kirk Cousins can go win them the big one. That's probably what I learned. The Eagles, I learned that they're they're definitely better than I thought and Jalen Hurts is better than I thought and that offense is going to be better than I thought. I thought Kirk Cousins played so bad last night. People can say, "Oh, the Eagles defense lights out." Man, some of those picks were right to the defense though. I don't think the Eagles' defense is as good as people think, but I do think their offense in Jalen Hurts is better than what I thought. Okay. 
my post week two top 16 power rankings. Let me get a quick drink. Starting at one, the Buffalo Bills, of course. Start at two, the Kansas City Chiefs. Three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Four, the Los Angeles Chargers. Five, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, six, the Green Bay Packers. Seven, the Los Angeles Rams. Eight, the Minnesota Vikings. Nine, the Miami Dolphins. I do have the Dolphins in my top ten. I think they were at 16 last weekend. Uh, Ravens at 10. Broncos at 11. I did put the Cowboys in here at 12 because I do think their defense is elite. Very elite. Uh, Bron- Cowboys at 1-1 one one at 12. Cardinals at 13. I do have an 0-2 team here, the Raiders, because I think they figure it out. They've lost to the Chargers by five in a game if Derek Carr doesn't turn it over three or four times. They probably win. And if Hunter Renfro doesn't fumble there on that drive, they probably win. Uh, Saints at 15. They were iffy to be an off my board. And Giants at 16. I had to throw them in. They're 2-0. They've looked solid. I had to throw them in. So game week, my week three game prediction. So I am 17-14-1. My brother's 14-17-1. We're not, we're not picking well. It's been a disaster. Brown Steelers Thursday night football. Did I get my brother's upset of the week in here? God damn it, did I forget to put it down again? Who do you have? Oh, this was upset of the week. Okay, so Brown Steelers Thursday Night Football, we differ. I got Brown 17-16. He's got Steelers 24-17. Sunday early games, Colts-Chiefs. We both have the Chiefs at the Colts. We both have the Chiefs. I have 31-20. He has 35-21. Ravens at Patriots. I have Ravens 27-17. He has Ravens 35-24. Saints at Panthers. I have Saints 23-16. He has Saints 17-14. Texans at Bears. We differ. I have Bears 27-24. He has Texans 27-21. Dolphins or Bills at Dolphins. We both have the Bills. I have 38-24. He has 38-35. Lions at Vikings. We differ. This is upset of the week. He's got the Lions 28-24. I got the Vikings 23-21. Bengals at Jets. Bengals get on the board. 27-20 for me. 24-17 for him. Raiders at Titans. We both have the Raiders. 30-27 for me. 27-20 for him. Eagles at Redskins. I have Eagles 34-24. He actually has the Redskins 21-20. Um... And start. It was starting at the. These are the early Sunday games. Now we're getting to the Sunday late games. Jaguars at Chargers. I have Chargers thirty twenty. He actually has Jaguars twenty seven twenty four. Uh, Packers at Bucks. We actually both have the Packers. Shockingly twenty four twenty for me. Twenty four seventeen for him. Falcons at Seahawks. We both have the Seahawks. I have thirty one twenty seven. He has seventeen fourteen. Rams at Cardinals. He has the Rams thirty eight thirty five. This is my upset of the week. I'm going Cardinals thirty eight thirty one. Um, Niners at Broncos. We both have the Niners. I have 24-23. He has 27-21. Monday Night Football, Cowboys at Giants. G-Men. So I like to call them. Uh, he has Cowboys 24-17. I have Cowboys 20-16. to 
Some combat sports headlines and discussions. Boxing first. Canelo beats Triple G in the trilogy via unanimous decision 115-113 on two cards and 116-112. Grab a drink. Okay, so I didn't watch the fight. State Fair was in town, so I went to the fair. Didn't really I didn't I thought this would be very one-sided. I heard people are saying that it was way more one-sided than the card said. Seven rounds to five rounds, four. Most people I saw had either eight rounds to four to ten rounds to two Canelo. It's kind of how I thought it would go. I thought Canelo would just get it done um, and end this so he can move on. He did that. He wants Bivol next in the rematch who he just lost to. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Canelo daring to be great. It's a tough matchup, though. It's a tough, tough matchup. Should Triple G retire? Again, I you know, I'm not always... I'm not going to say... I hate when people say that somebody has to retire. This guy's got to retire. Should he? I think he probably should. I don't think he's got anything left to prove in the sport. World champion. Had a trilogy with Canelo, which he was obviously robbed twice. I think he should. Will he? I don't think he'll go out like that. I think he would like to go out probably with a win. So I think he'll fight again. But I think he should. Uh, Fury versus Joshua is getting close. What happened December 3rd in Cardiff? So I've heard they've come to an agreement on the money thing. Or, or they've come to agreement on everything but the the price of the money. How much is the total purse going to be? I'm guessing they'll have a piss, uh, piss, a purse, <laughs> purse bid soon. Um, it's going to be a 60-40 split. But I'm hearing that Joshua's camp needs the bid to be $100 million to take that 60-40 up to a, they would like 150 but at least over 100 i think that'll happen for sure um but yeah we could get that fight by the end of the year uh sandhagen beats yadong via tko doctor stoppage the end of four uh judges had the cards 38 38 on two cards and 39 37 sandhagen after four so really with two judges having to even that fifth round would have been the deciding round um looks like yadong started well i didn't catch that fight either um, we're gonna go. The card was not good. There's no UFC fights this weekend. Let's look at the rankings. So in the bantamweight division, Sandhagen's at four. Yadong actually moved up a spot with the loss. Okay. So for Sandhagen, I think it's got to be Marab or uh, Marab, who's one spot ahead of him, or Cheeto Vera, who's one spot behind him. I would go with Cheeto Vera on the excitement level. I think Corey Sandhagen Cheeto Vera makes the most sense. Marab probably fighting the Yan if Yan beats O'Malley or if Dillashaw becomes the champion. He could fight for the title next. Who knows? Uh, for Yadong, either the guy right behind him, Ricky Simone, because that'd be thrilling, or Rob Font, who's up at six. I think one of those fights for Yadong uh, makes the most sense. Uh, I heard it was a really good fight. Um, I haven't watched it back yet. I will do that. Um, but yeah, Hurt is a really good fight. And I think both of those guys still have a ton to give in this division. And both could be fighting for a title. Uh, San, in Sandhagen's case, again. What would a Colby Hamzat fight look like? Yeah, this one's, this is what, uh, this one interests me, uh, interesting to talk about. I, I've, I've rooted for Hamzat. I like the way he fights. Colby's obviously my guy. I think it's going to be about Colby weathering an early storm. Kind of like he's done with Usman. In both fights, Colby's won the latter rounds. 
until the fifth. You know, the, in the second fight especially, you could argue he won the last three. Can he get out of there with not taking so much damage to where it hurts his gas tank? Let's be real. Damage does hurt your cardio for sure. Can he get out of those first two rounds with enough left in the tank to make a run at it in the last three? Because I do think those first two rounds could be tough, especially the first round. But I would give Colby if Colby if Hamzat pours it out in round one. I would almost say it's Colby's fight to lose after that if he can get out of there. I would really say that. That's how I think the fight would go. Hamzat would be going nuts, going going for it in the first round, round and a half, and then it's going to be on Colby to make his move in the final three rounds. That's kind of what I, how I think that fight would play out. With Tony on the ba- on a bad slide, who are Connor's top three options now? Uh, so everything I've heard is there's multiple guys on the table. Here's what I don't know about. So I have two guys down. Masvidal, I think, is a clear option. It's a big money fight. Justin Gaethje, they've shit-talked for a while. I think that's definitely a possibility. And I think it's going to have to be at 170. I don't think Connor's going to cut to 155 again. And then I was I was debating on this. Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, loser, right? But I was thinking, with no one really there at 145, is the winner of Islam Alvera going to fight Volkanovski, moving up from 145, trying to be a double champ? In that case, it would probably turn to the Chandler Poirier winner. But I could still see it being either way. It's really going to be on Connor's appetite. Will he want the fourth fight? Or would he love some new blood with Chandler, Gaethje, and Masvidal? Because when they sit and talk with Connor, they be like, Connor, what do you want? You know, Connor's going to have more of the say in these negotiations where he's at now, the biggest star in combat sports history. So I would actually move it to a fourth guy and just say Masvidal, Gaethje, Chandler, or Poirier. Those would be the four options, I think, coming back. Unless Ferguson gets a win against somebody and calls out Connor and they just throw that together because it probably should have happened like kind of like Nate Tony, Nate or Tony Khabib should have happened a long time ago. Connor, Tony probably should have happened six years ago when they were both the height of their careers. But it's going to take a big Tony win. Like, let's say he fights Dan Hooker and finishes Dan Hooker and looks way better. Then you could talk about it. But I think those four are the right options. So here are my early NBA conference standing predictions. In the East, I have the Celtics as the one, the Sixers as the two, the Cavs as the three, the Bucks as the four, the Hawks as the five, the Nets as the six, Miami at seven, Chicago at 8, Toronto at 9, and I actually have Detroit at 10. I know. I usually do go with, in either conference, one team that kind of sneaks in that people aren't really looking at. I think people probably finish in Detroit, having Detroit finish 13 to 15. That's fair. I'm going to say they put it together with these young cats and they sneak into the play-in. I have the Knicks at 11. I know Knicks fans are not going to want to hear that. Charlotte at 12, Washington at 13, Orlando at 14, Indiana at 15. Charlotte was tough for me because I know I technically shouldn't. I do think Westbrook's going to end up traded, and I have a feeling it's going to end up doing, it's going to end up having something to do with Hayward and Rozier being moved. And I think that takes them down for sure. So I know I shouldn't do that, but I think I, from what I've heard, I think that trade's going to happen before to, uh, before opening night. In the West, 
again, these are my these are my regular season predictions. I don't care what the seeding is. I'm trying to get it right. I'm going off teams that play a lot better in the regular season. I have the Suns at one, the Grizzlies at two, the the Warriors at three, the Nuggets at four, the Clippers at five, the Lakers at six, the Mavs at seven, the Timberwolves at eight, the Pelicans at nine, and the Blazers at the ten spot. West is so deep. Can you believe that? It went off my predictions. Mavs, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Blazers. Two of those teams aren't going to make the playoffs. That's crazy. And then I got the Kings at 11. I think they'll be better. Thunder at 12. Rockets at 13. Jazz at 14. And Spurs all the way down at 15. So here's my post-week three college football top 23 power rankings. Georgia at one. Alabama at two. Both them 3-0. and Oh, I mean, they're, they're all going to be 3-0 and until I say otherwise. Ohio State at 3, USC at 4, Michigan at 5, Clemson at 6, Oklahoma at 7, Oklahoma State at 8, Kentucky at 9, Arkansas at 10, Baylor, who's 2-1 and one, at 11, Wake Forest at 12, they're 3-0, A&M at 13, they're 2-1, and one. Ole Miss at 14, they're 3-0, Tennessee at 15, they're 3-0, Oregon at 16, they're 2-1, and one. Washington at 17, they're 3-0. Utah at 18, they're 2-1. Florida at 19, they're 2-1. Penn State at 20, they're 2-1. Texas at 21, also 2-1. BYU at 22, 2-1. And Michigan State at 23, 2-1. So biggest riser was Washington, unranked to 17. Uh, Wasn't even in my top 28. Like my uh, teams in consideration, I always do five. They were not even in there. Biggest faller, BYU, 11 spots from 11 to 22. And Michigan State, 10 spots, 13 to 23. Fell out of my rankings, Miami. Teams in consideration for my top 23, Miami, Cincinnati, or Miami, North Carolina, Cincinnati, Appalachian State, and the University of fucking Kansas. 3-0, Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk. Let's go. Here are my post-week three top six Heisman rankings. At one, Caleb, Will- Caleb Williams, the quarterback at the USC. 16 for- 64 for 86, 874 passing yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions, 27 carries for 73 yards, two touchdowns. I can't stand that sack yardage counts as rushing yards, but that's fine. Stetson Bennett, the quarterback at Georgia, 65 of 88, 952, five tuds, no picks, three rushing touchdowns. Jalen Daniels, the quarterback out of the University of Kansas. 47 for 70, 566, seven touchdowns, only one pick, 237 rush yards, three touchdowns on 27 carries. At four, C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State. 62 of 85, 941, 11 touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama, 58 of 85, 644, nine tuds, two picks, also 144 rushing yards and two picks. And at six is my normally non-quarterback, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver at USC, 18 catches, 295 yards, five touchdowns. He's been spectacular. So college football, my, my, my main five reactions to week three, Kansas may be back. I'm not going to jump to conclusion and say it's going to be a 2007 year out of the blue where we go 12 and or 11 and one and you know get a New Year's Six bowl or something, but I think we're going to be in a bowl game. I truly do. I think I think we are a seven eight win team. Ceiling might be nine, but probably around eight. I think KU is very good. I do think they're very good. So I think KU may be back. 
The national title is Georgia's to lose right now. They look phenomenal on both sides of the ball. Um, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Uh, Caleb Williams, the Heisman front runner. People are going to say, what about Stetson Bennett? Here's the thing I'll say about Caleb Williams. That defense is so bad. He has to do so much more offensively. They play better against Fresno. The defense did, but he has to do so much more offensively for that team than Stetson Bennett does. Stetson Bennett can probably have a shit game, and Georgia will still win. I th- who do they play this week? Vanderbilt? I don't know who they play. Say they play Vanderbilt. They, I don't think they play a good team. Say it's Vanderbilt. That might be Alabama, but let's say it's Vanderbilt. Stetson Bennett could probably have a two-interception game, two touchdowns, only 210 yards, and they're going to win by three touchdowns. That's why I have Caleb Wilson as my Heisman favorite. Oklahoma is the class of the Big 12 still. I think they are. It's not as wide as a gap as it has been, but I do think that they are the best team in the Big 12. That defense is very good. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is very good. So I still do I still do like Oklahoma winning the Big 12. Uh, Texas A&M has one of the two best defenses in college football, but the quarterbacks will hold them back. Yeah, I think they're the second best defense probably behind Georgia. But those quarterbacks will hold them back. Max Johnson, not as good as I thought. Haynes King, not as good as A&M thought. I didn't think he was that good anyway, but here we are. So results from my week three top five games of the week predictions. I went four and one. I'm doing good in college football. Uh, Georgia, they beat South Carolina. Had that one. Oklahoma beat Nebraska. Had that one. I did have BYU over Oregon. They got spanked. Penn State over Auburn. Had that. And I had A&M over Miami. Four and one. Great weekend for me. Uh, I probably need to stop betting the NFL. Just bet college football because the NFL is doing me wrong week in and week out. Uh, so my week four top five games of the week. I'll go with the game that I think should have been college game day. Duke at Kansas. 45-27 Kansas. Saturday at 11 a.m. I will be there. Clemson at Wake Forest. Both teams 3-0. Saturday at 11 a.m. as well. I got Clemson 27-23. Florida at Tennessee, Saturday at 2.30. Tennessee, 31-24. Don't like the 11.5 spread, though. I don't know why Tennessee's 11.5-point favorites. That's crazy to me. Crazy. Uh, Arkansas at A&M. I think A&M's defense gets it done again. 24-20 A&M. That's Saturday at 6 p.m. Kansas State at Oklahoma. I got Oklahoma 27-17. That's Saturday at 7 o'clock. So that will conclude the pod. Love the fee segment. Probably dove into that one for almost half the damn podcast, which I love. I love that we're going to do that again. I'm not going to do that each week because I think I'll get repetitive. But if I wait a few weeks each time, I think I'll be able to find new things about certain players or certain teams. Be able to find new things about them. But yeah, so we'll be back. You'll hear me again on Thursday with the crew, KB and the boys. Episode 3. Boys are not doing hot. Oh, 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 sorry. We got to go through fantasy football. I got plenty of time. I'm going to go through fantasy football. Not looking good. Not looking good in a couple of my leagues. So I'm in four big, four money leagues. Bigger money leagues. So let's start off with the Dynasty League. I am one and one. Got a win last week. A uh, pretty big win, honestly. Uh, see, I can go to week two. I can. So I won pretty big. Uh, 159 to 115. Had Josh Allen. Nick Chubb go crazy. Drake London go crazy. Um, Garrett Wilson went crazy. Didn't play him. He will start to play for me. Uh, who else had a good week? Jeff Wilson had a solid week. Justin Jefferson was kind of a flop last week, but that's just how it goes. He had Trey Lance, though. That kind of fucked him. Um, but, yeah, so we moved to one and one in that league, which is great. Now let's get into the league that matters, the podcast league. Okay? I'm 2-0. I'm 2-0. 
So I uh, played. Uh, I think I think his name's Josh. He's uh, one of my uh, one of my friend Trey. His friend from work got him in the league. Uh, he had he had Trey Lance as a super flex, which probably hurt. But I had Josh Allen go for thirty eight. McCaffrey sixteen. Diggs forty seven. Waddle forty. Zach Ertz nineteen. Carson Wentz thirty four. This is a tight end premium super flex. So you play two quarterbacks and tight ends get one point five per reception. Um, so yeah, I'm two and zero in that league. We're looking good. Uh, we can check the standings, I believe. Can we check the standings? So the standings as of now, three teams are two and zero. Me, uh, Trey, and Miller are two and zero. We got a couple one and one teams. My brother and uh, Josh, the guy I beat. Um, Fletch is zero and two. Connor Craig zero and two. And Bryce, 0-2 as well. So um, only four teams make the playoffs. It's a winner-take-all in the podcast league. Four-team playoff. Winner takes all the money. In the Dynasty League, I believe we have it first, second, third. And it's a 16 playoff. It's 10-man, so it's 16. Or 16. Let's see. Where's the playoffs? They don't have the playoff. I want to see the what the bracket would look like as of today. I don't think they're going to show it. I think it's okay. So I think it's McGinnis as the one. He's two and zero. Holmberg as the two. He's two and zero. So they would receive buys. My brother would be the three, and then uh, Fletch would be the four. Uh, Chase would be the five, and I would actually be the six as of right now. Um, playing my brother at the playoff start today. Obviously, that's a sixteen playoff. Um, so those. That's the pod. That's the the podcast league. Uh, good start. Good start in the podcast league. Um, I like my team uh, so far this week. Even though Sh- Schultz is questionable, we might have to throw somebody else in there. Uh, probably would go with. Mm, probably would go with either Etn, AJ Dillon, Zeke, or Dale Henderson, one of the running backs. If Schultz is out, um, I have Ertz in my flex, so I do play two. It's a double. It's actually a triple flex. Two regular flex, wide receiver, tight end, and then a super flex. Um, I am playing two tight ends right now, Ertz and Schultz. I probably would take Schultz out if he's banged up, put Ertz to tight end, and then play one of those running backs. But I like my team, man. Uh, Josh Allen, McCaffrey, Antonio Gibson, Diggs, Waddle, Schultz, Hurts, Curtis Samuel, Carson Wentz, got Garoppolo on the bench, Zeke, Daryl Henderson, A.J. Dillon, ETN, Goblin, who obviously can't play right now, Darnell Mooney, Christian Watson, Robert Tunyon, uh, Albert O, the tight end for the uh, Broncos. And I had three guys on the IR. Hopkins suspended, Dak out, and Jamison Williams obviously out. Um, so that's the sleeper leagues. And then we go to the NFL Fantasy Leagues, which, again, we will move all of our leagues next year to sleeper. Um, if both leagues are ter- – one leagues is keeper. Oh, shit. Um, one of the leagues is a keeper. Um, we're moving it to a two-person keeper. We might move the main one to a one-person keeper as well. Uh, okay. Where's my <laughs> Can I log out or no? You're not going to let me log out, NFL? Sign out. Uh, I think it's this one. Invalid login. Okay. Well, we'll get to that one. I'll have that one ready for next weekend. I'm 0-2 in both, though. Kind of had, you know, I've run run into the injury bug already early in the year. Got to figure it out, though. Um, you know, 
I'll, uh, I'll definitely, you know, I'm trying to set the best lineup possible that gives me the best chance to win, but injuries happen and that just kind of sucks. But both, all the leagues will be on sleeper next year. Those two will be moved. Uh, what we're going to do for the two person keeper is the first two rounds, you'll just draft your keeper and then we'll do the same thing if we move to a keeper to the other one, but we'll just see how that plays out. But yeah, like I said, we'll be back Thursday for KB and the boys episode two. Boys got to be better. Uh, what is it? Three and three is the best record for three people. The rest are under five hundred. So yeah, we got to get better. Um, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back. Well, uh, well, you'll hear from us again on Thursday. Peace.